the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. All right, everybody. How's everybody today? Got a little bit of fraud, so uh, my apologies, but let's, everybody's negative. Let's be positive, okay? Optimism, the doctrine or belief that everything is beautiful, including what's ugly. A pessimist is one who makes difficulties of the opportunities. An optimist is one who makes opportunities of his difficulties. And that was uh, Harry Truman, by the way. Optimism is the faith, the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. And then finally, optimism is happiness magnet. If you stay positive, good things and good people will be drawn to you. Ain't that the truth? Okay, so, um, you know, basically, uh, this is a live show. So if you've got a question, the number here is 216-901-0945. And my, uh, my good man, Lenny, will take care of you. He's a great technician. That's 216-901-0945. And um, look, I'm going I'm to talk about a couple things and, and, and uh, you know, take it from there. But the, the point is, uh, the debt ceiling is kind of taken over, all right? And, uh, you know, so we'll get to that in a second. But look, if you want any of the material you, you hear on this show or you'd like to ha- sit down and have an appointment, uh, talk about a wealth plan. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to beat you into the ground with the wealth plan because, you know, I had three people who I challenged in the last month. Uh, they said, I don't need a wealth plan. You know, I've got it all down on paper. I've got it down on a, on a file on my computer. And then they, and I challenged them. It didn't, you know, they didn't have to become clients. You know, you can, you can do a wealth plan. Now, you can't do playground if you're not a client, which means we can do things, you know, on the side and say, hey, what happens if this happens? Or what, what happens if I do this, you know, without making the mistake? So you can test it first. But they were impressed and they've become clients. So I'll say, all right. Uh, but anyway, if you go to WHK1420 and go to local podcast and go down to the Smart Investor Show, it goes directly to my webpage. There you can get stuff like uh, the dividend reinvestment program, dividend growth, prime income list. Uh, our best ideas, our wealth plan questionnaire, and our family inventory questionnaire. Uh, I can tell you some stories, some horror stories about family inventory. Amazing what's going on here. But look, concerns about the debt ceiling uh, have been dominating the scene. You know, things aren't so bad, right? Uh, you know, the debt ceiling, uh, Lori Calvacino went in April to London. And, to a hedge fund meeting, and that's all that dominated. It dominated everything. All right, so 
since 2021, Congress struck a deal that has seemed to occur only after the stock market has had a temper tantrum. <laughs> you know, because that's that's the only way you get those people. You know, they they get their their people out uh, out in Iowa and down in Florida and, and New York City and all that. They're screaming at them, "Hey, you know, you're killing me!" All right, and that's the way it goes. But uh, let's let's just go and just talk about some things that are important. Look, uh, there's a story about Charlie Munger and the art of patient investing, and uh, it's it's a quality that's easy to talk about but hard to preach. And remember, Munger's 99. Okay, he's been around the block a couple times. He's read Barron's Magazine for over 50 years, and he's only found one actionable idea. It was a cheaply valued auto parts company, and he, he bought it for a dollar share, sold it later for 15 years, about $80 million profit. Then he gave it to a value manager who turned it into $400 million. But look, if you listen to Tom Lee, who's the head strategist at Fund, Fundstrad, I mean, this guy's been one of the best strategists in the world for a long, long time. But he has an investment process that's based on not a two-year or two-month strategy. He talks about a seven-year strategy, okay? And it's the value of true patience that is hard to overstate in an investing landscape of tons of noise and very little signal. That's what we're going through right now. Quality investments don't come along, but the ability to sit it and then pounce is a trait reserved to a select few people out there. And um, there, there's a Charlie Munger put out a book. I, there's a book by a guy named Bade, and he he has it's called the uh, Signal from the Noise, and, and that's a good one. And uh, also, there's another uh, book that I, I read. Uh, let me think. I can't remember the name of it, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I'll think of it before the show's over. But these books just teach people you can't you can't do things in two months. People are so scared, you know. And I, so, uh, you know, listen. I think if you listen to Glenn Beck, you get scared. I think if you listen to AOC, you get scared. Okay, and that's pretty much the two far ends of the spectrum as far as I'm concerned. And look, I got nothing against Glenn Beck. He's a good guy. I mean, he, what he says is is scary but right. But you know, the point is. Oh, the joys of compounding. That's what I'm talking. Uh, that was the book. It was one of my favorite books. Um, and it, it's it's Bade's. You know, he came he came through again, and uh, he, all he did was talk about Tom Lee's process. By the way, so the joy of compounding doesn't happen in two months, folks. You know, you may think you're great getting a a two month hit. Okay, the really big money comes over time, and you have to be patient. And sometimes you get beat up a little bit. But it comes over time, and uh, a lot of people don't agree with me. But uh, I have found over time is when you make the most amount of money. So the S and P five hundred itself has churned and remained in a range for some time now. Uh, I think October was the bottom, and I believe we said that first September that we were near bottom. Of course, you know, I think it was eight days later we went down hard, and then. We had a get. What we had was an island reversal. So we went down hard, closed at the low, and then opened at the high for the day. And that's an island reversal. And we never went lower than that. Okay, so I was close. <laughs> of course, they got, they got to make you know, the market's going to make you look bad. Anyway, the point is, we're up about twelve and a half, thirteen percent from there. So life is not that bad. If you would have sold then, 
you would have had a problem, all right? So the, the gap between our relatively constructive view on stocks and the outright caution of the institutional investors is one of the largest I ever remember, right? You know, if you, if you read or you listen to TV, you're gonna, you're gonna, you better shut your windows and lock them because you're going to jump out, all right? The point is, the market's looking okay. You know, I, I, Rob uh, uh, Slimer was at a meeting that I, was, I, I attended, and he's a pretty smart guy. And he said, you know, look, the reason I look at charts is I don't believe anybody. <laughs> and if you look at the charts right now, you know, Friday, we, we broke that 41.95, and then we pulled back. So we need a close over 41.95. I think we go directly to 4,300. And, you know, and then I think 4,800 is the all-time high. Okay? So here we are, slowly but surely turning our way upwards, and everybody's negative. It's absolutely amazing. So, um, by the way, you know, if you look at regional banks, everybody's poo-pooing those. But the DeMarc 13, if you don't know who Tom DeMarc is, you better. Tom DeMarc 13 is a buy setup. Now, I bought for some crazy people. I bought some while back, but that's okay. But, you know, people have – the reason FANG is going up is because they are such cash cows. And like I said last week, that Google was helping the QQQs get picked up. And um, for those of you who don't know, I, you know, I mentioned artificial intelligence last week. And I mentioned it back in January. I think artificial intelligence is where the internet was in 1997. Okay, and remember, the internet didn't die in 2000; just got realigned. Okay, and then took off. All right, so that's all you got to remember. So, look, I, I think you know we're in a situation, and, and you know we're in this narrow trading range. We, I think, we were stuck between 4100 and 4150, so we broke above that. Positive. Now, if we break that forty-one ninety-five, I think we got a big move. And you know, one of the things I don't know if you if you know who Paul Tudor Jones is, but he's he's a lead, legendary macro investor, and he was on CNBC on Monday, and he said the Fed is done raising rates. And if that is the case, what's the next thing they do? They go sideways for a while, and then they start to lower rates. So things could get very very interesting, very, very quickly. And if you're not prepared, you know, if you're negative, that's what I'm saying. Somebody asked me, Tim, are you always bullish? I said, no, but I'm always rational. Okay. And that's what you need when somebody's managing your money. You want people to be rational. Look, for the entire 2021, you can call any one of my clients. I had no ideas. Because the bullish percent was at 80, going to 60, going to 78, going back to 60, going to 76, back to 60. It was churning. Uh, so people were asking me. Now, I wasn't expecting the size of the sell-off in the NASDAQ composite, but my dividend stocks held up extremely well. Now, people are really worried about the regional banks. There's some regional banks out there that aren't going away. All right? They're very strong. Uh, and I think what you know, I don't think you have to be the first one in. <laughs> you don't have to chase them. But I do think, that, you know, the FANG stocks are leading. And I've got a whole list of FANG stocks. And I think you want to be, you know, paying attention to those. Now, you know, you've got a binary event, which is weighing on the market risk appetite at this time. Okay. And look, I think you want to be, you know, rational about this. But, the, you know, the FANG group remains 
people ask me why I didn't sell them because they're still remain one of my favorite groups. You know, if you're going for cash flow, go for cash flow. Like I said, some people in the tactical side are buying regional banks. Now that is not a long-term hold. That's not that seven-year time frame I talked about. Okay, but you know, there's some names up there that look pretty good. And if you know who Tom Demarc is, his new tech, you know, he's got a new uh, way of looking at things. Okay, and he it he's got what they call a 13 setup buy, and I've been watching his stuff for about a year now. It's good information. Matter of fact, he he spoke at a uh, um, a meeting I was at uh, was a year ago, June. Uh, very impressive stuff. Very impressive stuff. So, you know, look uh, um, right now, if you take the S and P five hundred X to Fang, it's trading at fourteen point eight times earnings. So it's not expensive, right? Now, Fangs is kind of expensive, but no, that's okay. You know, they've stayed expensive for a long, long time. So if we get this technical breakout. Over forty one ninety five. It's going to close there now. All right, it's going to close over that, and then you wait for the next day to see if it oh, it, it holds above there. I think we go to you know forty two fifty to forty three twenty five in a hurry. By the way, uh, Mark Newton says the same thing uh, at at Fundstrat, and Rob Schleimer says the same thing, and those are two of the best in the world, right? But right there, as far as technical analysis. Matter of fact, I mentioned the three. Uh, in, in my last two sentences was Tom DeMarc, Rob Schleimer, and, you know, Mark Newton. They're, they're good. So I just think, it, you know, you, you've got this binary event that's holding back the market, and uh, that's okay. Now, look, I don't think we're going straight up. I said I think, you know, 2023 is going to be a setup for a big move in 2024. Remember, almost 65% of a bull market's gains in the last seven years of the bull market. Let me say that again. Almost 65% of the gains in a secular bull market occur in the last seven years of the bull market. So the best is yet to come. And, and you know, I don't know if you read Stocks and Commodities magazines, but Greg Hirsch, whose father started the, the, um, uh, the Trader's Almanac, said just that. He put it on paper. He put his reputation at stake. He's a smart guy. I don't think he'd do that otherwise. So, uh, look, um, I've, I've seen a lot of names that have come up on my charts, and it's the first time I've seen this in over two years. All right? Two years it's been since I've filled up a full page. Um, you know, every day I get my yellow pad out, and half the time you can't read my scribbles, but I can, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I circle the ones that look the best, and I stick a, uh, a uh, exclamation mark through them if I think they're viable like today, okay? Now, some, I circle and wait to see what's happening. I, I do a little research, but the point is, is that, um, you know, we're starting to see activity in the smaller names and the mid-cap names. And so, you know, everybody's saying, Hey, and I'll talk about that next. I'm not going to say that right now. So we got the debt ceiling that's out there. Okay. Look, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Okay. But I do believe we're setting up for next year. Now, everybody's going to wait until December to get ready. Not how it works. Okay. If you were waited on artificial intelligence, you'd be down. Okay. On some of the stocks. So, look, I, I think 
if DeMarc, if we have a DeMarc 13 buy signal for the regional banks, that's, that's a tactical trade now. It's not something that, you know, you want, it's, it's not for widows and orphans is what I'm saying. Okay. So regional banking system stress will persist. So don't, you know, you're not out of the woods yet. Okay. And the debt ceiling debate could get really messy, you know, especially Mr. Biden having to get, get out of the G7 meeting early. And he, he's going to be ticked at the Republicans, which who cares, right? But there are a couple silver linings, all right? Number one, the S&P 500 typically bottoms well before economic conditions improve. And number two, a shift in Fed policy could support the market for a long time. And it could happen pretty pretty soon. So don't be too worried. I'll say this again. I talked about the cloud before anybody talked about it. People kept asking me and asking me about the cloud. I think we have a very compelling situation in artificial intelligence. Now, some of these stocks have run fairly fast, right? I've got two small cap names that I really, really like and four or five large cap names. And I think, you, you know, Look, I'll mention this again. Artificial intelligence at a high level is a domain of computer science that involves the simulation of human intelligence by machines and computers. Now, look, yeah, the forms have been existence for some time. It's just something that's getting big now. So if you want more information, let me know. Let's take a break. The number here is 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair. And I've been talking about Summer House. Summer House is a very special place. It's so warm and welcoming. And it's got that vibe that's like South Beach and a touch of Malibu. Do you remember the Blue Fox or the theatrical? Swingos, that's the heritage of the summer house. Yes, it's got great and interesting food. What a great staff they have. And then there's the spectacular views of downtown and the lakefront. Mikey's Trees. Well, you have to come to the summer house just to see Mikey's Trees. That's all I'm going to tell you about it. The summer house is the real deal. I'm going to tell you, kind of between you and me, all the profits from the summer house go to charity. All the profits from the Summer House go to charity, including Awakening Angels and several others. Call them up, 216-270-2300. Charlie Kirk sees a slide coming. In 2008, there were 25 banks that busted for a total of $94 billion. So far this year, three banks have busted for a total of $110 billion. We're on the precipice of a major bank run. Institutional. An institutional bank run. The Charlie Kirk Show. Weekdays at noon. Right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. 
Okay, we're back. Hate to interrupt that uh, beautiful sax. <laughs> anyway, uh, yep. Uh, anyway, uh, it wasn't a sax, though, wasn't it? It was a clarinet, right? Uh, anyway, uh, you know, I I said back in January that I saw some. Uh, and by the way, this was Rob Schleimer, not Tim. All right, um, we saw some activity in the big European stocks, and they've they've outperformed for a while now, and. I thought that was interesting, and and now I'm starting to see some emerging market stuff. And now, look, a lot of it uh, has been in the uh, South American area. You know, I've got three or four countries that I would mention, but you know, I get in trouble for that. Um, so many EM central banks had the foresight to monetary policy tighten much earlier than their their big peers. So a lot of these countries are in pretty good. Uh, shape. And the question is, are we starting a commodity super cycle? I don't know the answer to that, but I think, uh, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, a lot of the emerging market countries are commodity based. So we'll see what happens. But I think it's I think it's getting interesting because some of the charts are really getting interesting. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Now, hey, look, bond investors out there, uh, they're focused on coupon income when valuing their, their securities right now. A lot of people are going short term. And by the way, just because something pays 5% doesn't mean for a month, doesn't mean, you know, you got you put a million bucks in, you get five grand. <laughs> you get one twelfth of a five grand. All right. So it's 5% for the month, not for the, you know, you don't get a full year's worth of income. I've had that call like five times this week. So I just want everybody to be, um, you know, aware of that. Now, look, things are starting to slow down. If you hadn't noticed, the economic news has backed a Fed pause. You know, you got banks failing, you got, uh, you know, inflation's coming down. So the key here is if you're a bond buyer, you want to know what duration is. If you don't know what duration is, you should not be managing your own portfolio. That's simple, okay? Uh, a bond's duration describes the impact of yield changes on the price. Mathematically, it tells us the expected percentage change in a market value given a 1% yield move. So a bond with a duration of 15, for instance, would be expected to fall 15% in value if yields rose 1%. In general, um, fixed coupon bonds with longer maturities have longer durations. So buying longer maturity investment grade securities increases an investor's exposure to those interest rate fluctuations. All right. So go slow or but go long <laughs> because once the, the cycle's over, these guys, you know, the, the smart money goes long. Okay. Smart money goes long. So I, I, I wanted to mention that I, I forgot we were talking about Lori Calvacina uh, earlier this in the show and, you know, I, I talk about her strategy pieces. One of the things she do, she left her price target at 4100 for the S&P for the year. And I could do the math behind it, but half of you wouldn't understand it anyway. So uh, I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, you, you should don't get overly excited. Uh, but if we do break 4195 on a technical basis, we're going higher. But maintain your barbell approach. Remember, you want defense. And, 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 you know, if you bought uh, 
some of the CDs. You know, that's the bar. On one side, you want cyclicals or value stocks. and the other side, you want to have growth. Cyclicals were leading the way last year. This year, it's growth. So uh, that's why you have to have that. And don't forget to call in for a wealth plan. I'm telling you, everybody that's done this on a, you know, signed up with us and, and been able to go in and look at what if has been very, very pleased. All right. And the other thing I'll mention is we are looking at a silver tsunami. Okay. People are retiring. The baby boomers, the largest generation in American history, are now at least 60 years old. Think about that. They're going to be looking for dividends. They're looking for income. High-quality dividends, prime income list, dividend growth. Okay? Simple as that. Now, what's interesting, and I'll, I was listening to Rob Schleimer this week, and, you know, Rob's one of the top technicians in the world. world and he said, you know, the headline worries persist, but the technical back continues to show evidence of improving. So while the debt ceiling and recession woes continue to dominate the headlines, it's important for you people out there, investors, to stay focused on the longer-term incremental improvements that have evolved over the past two quarters. Right? The monthly S&P 500 chart, you know, I, I talked about the momentum figure being way overbought in January of 2021. It, then it was oversold in September. Now it's turned positive. Let me say that again. Now it's turned positive. I right, know that doesn't mean that goes straight up, but it's turned positive. So overall, I believe the technical backdrop is improving, and we expect you know the pullbacks to be relatively short lived. So if you have cash, you got to start to use it. Okay, that's simple. Now, uh, look, the S&P is trading very close to a technical breakout. It broke above it Friday, did not hold, uh, but that 21.96, let's call it, okay, is a very important level, and I think it's going to stay that way for a while. Uh, now, the Russell 2000, I'm also, I'm, I'm seeing early signs on a daily chart of the momentum turning up. And, you know, remember, some of that will be the regional banks bouncing. But a lot of these small cap stocks did not go down. It was regional banks that took the the, the Russell down. Now, the problem is, if you have an ETF and you bought the Russell 2000, they whacked them all. Okay, they whacked them all. And and that's what the problem was. So uh, we'd like to see some relative strength there before we go crazy. But the other area I've been talking about for some time now is, is semiconductors. And if you look at the relative performance versus the S&P 500, they look great. And I think, you know, if you look at the SOX index, a break above 3250 would be a big breakout. All right. And the other one is industrial machinery has been very re- resilient. I, I have two stocks in that area that I'm very happy with. And I think a, bro- a break above 1540. On that chart, and I'm, I'm looking at the S&P Industrial uh, 1500 Industrial Machinery Index. Break above, uh, I think it's yeah, 1540 would be very positive. Relative performance looks great. All right, so just keep that in mind in the back of your head. Now, look, on a weekly, the the S&P 500, everybody's poo poo poo, you know, poo pooing it. It's just the the Nasdaq stocks, the the Fang stocks that are, are driving it. 
Yeah, they're driving it, but I'm telling you, the advanced decline line hit a new high on, on Thursday, all right? Hit a new high on Thursday. That means a lot of stocks are participating, folks. That's the way it is, okay? So I am seeing the momentum starting to turn up. And the other thing I would suggest is, is the NASDAQ relative to the S&P 500 is starting to break out on a relative strength basis. So the NASDAQ breaking above 12, 13, uh, 12,318 was very positive this week, I think. And it could mean there's further to go. Now, the other thing I think you have to do uh, is, is you've got to look at the number of people who are bullish. And we're not, I mean, I think we're at 24. Okay, so it's not big. The number of people bearish are only 41. So that's down. So that's neutral at best. Okay. Now, I said last week that the 10 year yield could bounce and it, it bounced. <laughs> so the question is where could it bounce to? Well, I think if it broke 3.84, it could go to four. And look, I've said this once you break a 40 year downtrend, you ain't going back. To a quarter of a point or half a point. It's just not going to happen. It's going to go sideways for a while, and then the direction will be set by whichever way it breaks. So I would suggest that, you know, don't get, don't go, I mean, if you're going to buy a house, you watch it to go down to 320 and then you buy it. Okay. Now, the dollar index, you know, I said we had kind of a little bit of a double bottom here, and I think that could, that could bounce a little bit. So just keep that in the back of your mind. And, you know, I, I was wrong on, Crude oil, um, I thought it was going to hold, but then it held 63. You know, we have a perfect double bottom there. So, uh, and then we broke 72 this week. So that's very positive. And natural gas came down all the way to the low that it made in 2020 and held above that low. So natural gas could be, a, you know, a tactical trade. Okay, remember that, uh, tactical. <laughs> Tactical means it's a short-term trade, folks. Now, gold did not break through that 2075 area, okay? Uh, it did not. So gold's had three or four major tops here. So just remember that. And um, I think we're going to take a break. So let's, uh, let's take a break. The number here is 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. The straight talking, hard working, do it right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. Wallakadoodle. Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call Wyatt Works and consider it done. License number 30185. Car payments, credit card payments, home loans. 
Man, that's a lot of debt for you to carry. Let us help you get caught up when you enter the $18,000 Get Caught Up Sweepstakes. The grand prize winner gets up to $10,000 in debt relief. Three first prize winners will get up to $1,000 in debt relief. And 10 second prize winners will get $500 in debt relief. That's $18,000 total. And that could be you. Enter the $18,000 Get Caught Up Sweepstakes. Go to whkradio.com to enter. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. We're back, folks. And Max uh, just emailed me, and he wants to know what about Bitcoin, Tim. And I told you, Max. Let yeah, Max, one of those guys that uh, he's a, he's a great guy, by the way. I had a wonderful conversation with him last week. Uh, but he's one of those guys that said, "I got everything on paper." And then we did the wealth plan, and then I I went. I have a client that says, "You know, go ahead. You can use my wealth plan for anybody." Uh, <laughs> so I showed him what we were doing, and, and he's the guy that. Uh, what he wants to do is, is buy houses for his three kids or at least give them the down payment. And uh, so I showed him, you know, how he did that. And then I, I showed him, hey, you know, back in 2007, I said to go to cash. And I said, you know, here's what would happen if we had another 2007, 2008. Uh, you remember on the show, I said cash would outperform the stock market. And I said it for seven and a half straight months. OK, so uh, we, we have had some pretty good calls on this show, but uh, Bitcoin. Turned into column of O's. That's all I can say because I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the whole situation. It's supply and demand. I get it, but <laughs> what are the fundamentals? I don't know. So um, let's talk about the bullish percent. And you know, we we hammer this uh, like we hammer wealth plans because it's a risk asset. Okay, it, it teaches us how to deal with the markets on a rational basis. It was designed by Ernie Stavey who was a protege of Charles Dow, his number one protege, by the way, he said. And what he wanted to do was be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. And he wanted to know when the risk was the highest. Because what happens when people start selling and they, and they continue to sell, everybody sells, okay? And it doesn't mean you have to sell your whole portfolio. It's just, you got to know what's happening. And you got to know, hey, maybe, you know, I can buy some more of this or whatever. But that's what I think is interesting. So. I, I look. Occidental sold off twelve bucks. What did Warren Buffett do? He bought more. Okay, Paramount sold off this week. Jerry Redstone bought one hundred sixty-five thousand shares. Hmm, interesting. All right, so we're in a column of O's, and what that means is our defensive team is on the field. Okay, so when we're in a column of X's, we have the offensive team. There's two key areas here: seventy and thirty. 70s red zone. That's when everybody's happy. That's when you should be worried. Okay? When you're below 30, everybody's worried. That's when you should be aggressive. Okay? So we're at 41.8. We're in a column of O's. So, you know, there's a chance that we may sell off. I think it's mostly because of the debt ceiling. So we, <laughs> if Washington ever get their act together, which I don't think will ever happen. But um, by the way, 
the over-the-counter index, the small cap index, is is at 31 and a half. Uh, remember, 30 is that green zone. Okay, so they're in a column of O's. The world index is in a column of X's. That's why I'm saying, hey, maybe the emerging markets might be a place to go. You know, they're they're number one on dynamic asset level investing, just so you know. Um, and commodities are next. And then cash and domestic equities are even, which I think is interesting. Then fixed income, then currencies. So uh, the NDX and the QQQs look great on a chart, just so you know, in my humble opinion. The NASD is another one that looks pretty good. So I think, uh, you know, that's what got brutalized last year. So people are saying, okay, you know, maybe they were overbought uh, when there's free money, but some of these have really good businesses and, you know, we're going to stick around. So the QQQs broke a double top this week. If they were to break 230, uh, we'd be off to the races. I don't know if it did on Friday or not, to tell you the truth. I, I, I was looking at it and I, I didn't, it didn't hit me. But remember, if I look at the QQQ versus the S&P 500 equal weight, the QQQ is definitely outperforming. Uh, so there we go. So, we, you know, look, the, the dynamic asset level investing hasn't changed too much. Basic materials is still top. Technology's gone from the worst to the best, uh, to the second best. Consumer non-cyclical, i.e. Uh, staples, then industrials, then consumer cyclicals. So you see that barbell approach is important. You know, the consumer non-cyclicals are staples. You have industrials and consumer cyclicals, which are value, and uh, basic materials, which are value. You've got technology, which is, uh, you know, on the growth side. What's interesting is healthcare picked up 11 votes this week. Uh, and that's the other area of growth, you know? So dead last is real estate and communication services. But remember, communication services was at 20. It's now at 87. So some of these stocks have really gone well. So right now, I think you overweight technology, you equal weight industrials and consumer cyclicals and utilities. That's what I'd be doing right now. Okay. International equities continue to dominate. And one of the things I'm seeing is South America, um, you know, Mexico, Brazil, uh, or and Central America, I should say, and Peru, uh, all their ETFs are starting to look kind of interesting. And, um, you know, the question is, you know, how much money do you, do you put towards them. That's a that's an interesting question. Um, I don't think you want to go hog wild, okay? But I think you want to pay, you know, a little bit of money into theirs, what I, you know, you know maybe 10%. Um, the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield broke its downtrend line. Now, remember, I've been saying for some time, it looks like it would have a rally, okay? I'm talking about the yield now. So the bonds are going down. Uh, so that, that occurred at uh, 3.45%, and I think we, we closed at 35.50. Uh, that was Thursday. I can't remember what we did on Friday. It was 35.80, 3.58. So what, what happens is if you look at the AGG, which is the ETF for the core bonds, it actually broke down. Now, you want to buy yield when it's up. So pay attention for you yield buyers out there. Uh, you know, if, if you're trying to <laughs> run a bond portfolio by yourself, you should pay attention. Now, uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, we've had uh, uh, the relative strength signal on oil was was negative. Now it's a buy. It's still a column of O's, though. And gold, the relative strength thing, signal is sell, but it's in a column of X's. So that's that's interesting. And copper hit a new low uh, this week. So, you know, usually Dr. Copper is kind of the main 
driver of an industrial con- country or an industrial economy. That's probably not a good sign. Probably a week, you know, time. And if you look at the copper-gold ratio uh, versus interest rates, uh, you know, interest rates are up, copper-gold ratio is down. So, um, you know, people are not getting uh, excited, <laughs> shall we say, about uh, the uh, the overall economy. Now, let's go back and let's look long-term, folks. Okay, we got to look long-term sometimes. We're in a generational cycle. You do have bear markets in generational cycles, okay? Remember 1987, anybody? Or 1990? You know, or the Russian ruble crisis in 1988? We got whack, okay? And you got you saw the market go down 25%. All right, so uh, we had another one. Now, it doesn't mean that we've broken the uptrend line, okay? We held the uptrend line, and the momentum's starting to turn. So these cycles are 16 to 18 years long. It started in the end of 2017. So if I add 16 years to 2017, I get 2034. Okay, so the last seven years of a bull market, 65% of the profits are made. Remember, if, if I looked at the last bull market, okay, and we started at the bottom, okay, and I'm starting at the bottom, in 1929, we went on to, to 1965, or 64 was, I guess, we had a 23%, 2300% move. Then if we get at the bottom at, at 70, 74, 75, and went to the top in, in 2000, we had a 2300% move. So if we get the bottom in 2008, or no, I guess it was nine, a 2000% move would be 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P. You'd be looking at triple, maybe three and a half times, if we only go up two thousand percent. So these cycles occur no matter what what we talk about, and just but you gotta, you know, they chop these fourteen year or I mean these sixteen to eighteen year cycles up into four year cycles. Four year cycles should start again in twenty twenty four. It's gonna be here before you know it. Okay, so just remember that, and I'll say this again: the momentum figures were very overbought. In January of 2021. So, if you were one of my clients, I didn't give you a lot of whole ideas. And then we got oversold. And the problem is, uh, you know, we had the ETFs get beat up because uh, the Russell ETF get beat up because of the the banks. Remember, they sell them all, folks. When you buy an ETF, you buy a million shares. They sell every stock in ETF. So the Russell stocks got beat up. But the momentum is starting to turn on the S&P 500 right at the bottom of the trend. So pay attention because uh, it could get really, really interesting. And like I said, we have to close over 41.95. And if we do, I think we could go up to 43.50. All right. So that, that's a big move. And um, I don't think you want to miss it. Now, the weekly is a little bit overbought. So maybe we have to digest a little bit. Um, and. You know, the one thing I have seen Europe, where, you know, Europe kind of outperformed for a while. Now we're at the downtrend line of relative performance of the EAFE, which is the European market. It's the more mature uh, companies internationally versus the S&P 500. So if we were to break that line, you might want to add a little money there, too. OK, so those are things that people uh, have not really paid attention to. But, uh, you know, we did break the line in Europe. 
And that was back in January. And Europe's outperformed the S&P 500 since then. So keep that in mind. Now, for all you bond guys, remember, we broke a 40-year downtrend on interest rates. We're not going back to 0.31% that we were, you know, on the 10-year treasury back in the crisis, you know, pandemic. It's probably going to go sideways. It's going to probably bounce between 3% and 4% for a long time, a long time. By the way, those are pretty low interest rates. You know, my first mortgage was 15%. I don't know about you guys out there, but it was it was pretty high. So, therefore, uh, you know, it's something to pay particular attention to. Now, the 10-year yield did break its uptrend line. So, I, I think it's done going up, but I don't think it's going down much. Okay? You know, I, I, I know that sounds crazy, but, uh, uh, you know, it's going to just go sideways for a while. Uh, now, I, I had a lot of questions about oil. Oil had a perfect double bottom. But again, interesting from here, remember, they fill, still haven't filled our strategic reserve. That'd help us if we have a war. Um, gold, remember, it's topped out here back in 2011, back in 2022, et cetera, et cetera. This is the fourth top. Got a breakthrough soon. Let's take a break. Uh, We'll be right back with the Insider Buys. Number here is 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. Times call for clear headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly honest, always unfiltered, streaming free on your TV 24 7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Brandon Tatum says you have to earn respect. They are fooling people. And Kamala Harris do nothing but use word salads to convey everything she says. And this is why I don't respect these people, because they plan with our emotions. They're playing with our future. You don't get respect when you're a fraud. The Officer Tatum Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay. <laughs> there we go, folks. Uh, so here we go. Um, we're talking about insiders, okay? Now, we've, we've talked about theory and practice and you know, technicals and all that good stuff and about the markets. Now we're going to talk about this is where the people are putting their money where their mouth is. And these guys are putting lots of money. I don't look at the, you know, the guys buying thousand shares or, or unless there's like 20 of them buying a thousand shares, then I pay attention. But I'm looking for big buys. Uh, 
And some of these guys are insiders or they're directors. And remember that they're, they're either a director or an executive chairman or something to that effect. And, and here's one. It's called Mira GTX Holdings. It's a biotechnology company um, that has basically doubled. And Perceptive Advisors, which is not stupid money, folks, uh, bought $25 million worth of stock. They now own 11.28 million shares. That's a lot of money. Remember, these, by the way, insiders tend to be early. Just remember that. Sometimes they're right on time, but most of the time they're early. And then we have, you know, Kelsey Warren, and he's bought quite a few shares of uh, Energy Transfer LP, uh, which I own quite a bit of. And uh, he bought $12.5 million one day, 6.1 the other day. And uh, there was one other purchase. And I can't find it. <laughs> so he's bought a quite, a quite a bit of stock in the last week or so. And and Toast, David Yuan uh, bought this. this. This was a really hot new issue. Just got absolutely crushed. And uh, David is a director. Very smart guy, by the way. I've looked into him. Uh, and he bought $9.9 million worth. And then uh, here's Luminar Technologies. This is kind of auto parts. Uh, they got beat up. And uh, Austin Russell is the chairperson, president, CEO. He bought $7.9 million uh, on one day. The next day, he bought another $7.5 million. And then he bought another $4.8 million the next day. And then he bought another $4 million, uh, or, or nine, I'm sorry, 980000 the day after. So uh, bought quite a bit of stock, obviously. And here's uh, another guy, James DeFranco, who is a, a, a director of uh, Dish Networks. Okay, and uh, the stock's been just killed. You know, it was fourteen back in March. I think it's like six seventy now. And at six twenty-two, he bought twelve million dollars worth of stock. And then the next day, he bought another six point one million dollars worth of stock. And then he bought about one eight hundred thousand uh, dollars three days later. So, bought a lot of stock is what it comes down to. And uh, leave it there. Now, the other thing is uh, Royalty Pharma, which uh, was thirty-five dollars a week ago, or thirty-eight dollars now thirty-three. We had the CEO, uh, Pablo Lagareta, uh, buy $5.8 million worth of stock. So, you know, he's stepping up to the plate. And here's another one that got kind of whacked a little bit. Gen Di- Digital, uh, <clears throat> the president bought $4.7 million. Uh, and then uh, Hershey Square, pretty smart money, uh, bought quite a bit of Howard Hughes Corporation, uh, $3.3 million one day. And then the next day, or two days later, they bought another $2.6 million. Uh, by the way, I forgot. David Yuan bought Toast twice. Uh, what once on the twelfth and once on the fifteenth, and he bought another two point sixteen. And then I said, Share Redstone bought one hundred sixty-five thousand shares of Paramount. Been getting beat up. She bought both the the A shares and, and the P shares, which I think is fairly interesting, in my humble opinion. And then a uh, Alamira Sciences, which uh, on a new high, uh, the, a director Adam Morgan bought two point three million shares. <clears throat> and then, uh, um, oh, by the way, I, I, I forgot to mention, uh, Pablo uh, bought uh, Royal Pharma twice. He bought it uh, for $2.2 million too. And then uh, you know, Exxon Enterprises, which is in the aerospace and defense area, the, a director bought uh, $2 million worth. And then Spruce Biosystems, a lot of biotechs here. Uh, Niall O'Donnell, who's a director, bought $1.9 million. Then we had a couple uh, standard bio tools, which was... You know, at a new high, by the way. These are all cheap stocks. Uh, we had uh, the Caston uh, Partners uh, and Ely Caston, who's, you know, basically runs the thing. They uh, both 
bought $1.8 million stock. And then uh, Omni Ab, which is another biotech, we had uh, the, the chief executive officer buy $1.4 million. And then Enozyme Pharma, which is, you know, tripled, uh, we had uh, a director buy almost three, four million shares. So here's another one. Uh, Y-M Abs tech Therapeutics, uh, at a new high, we had two directors buy uh, $100,000 each. And, and by the way, I have a lot of small buys, just an increasingly amount of you know small buys. So just leave it at that. Now, look, the rally back above 41.56 is very bullish, I think. And uh, now we we broke forty one ninety five and then pulled back at the at the end of the day on Friday. But you know we've been between forty one hundred and forty one fifty six for a pretty long time. So I, I think if you look at, at and the KRE, which is the regional bank ETF on a Demark, you know it's a Demark thirteen. And if you don't know what that is, you should. Um, so it, it probably means that we'll probably break through forty one ninety five sometime in the near future. I think. That's my guess. And, you know, look, I said that uh, three weeks ago. So <laughs> uh, if, if we close above it, it could be very, very positive. Now, I also think small cap underperformances versus mid cap and large cap has showing some mean reversion here. So it, so it may be a few more difficult months for the small caps because of the regional banks. Remember, if you buy an ETF, there's 2,000 stocks in the, in the small cap, the Russell 2000. And almost 28% of them are regional banks. So if they continue to hit the regional banks, these things are going to have a problem because, you know, you have a natural-born seller in the ETF, okay? So that's why you have to, uh, you know, be a little bit more cautious on some of these things. And uh, look, I think it's very important. Google has picked up, and the Google L anyway, and it, it's helped the QQQ quite a bit. Now, will it stay that way or not? That's only, you know, that's in the cards. We'll never know. but Look, I think if we break through this 41.95, look for a move to 42.50 to 43.25, then we got a pretty big move to get to a new high, uh, and and that may be uh, something that you have to pay attention to. But look, I thought last week Friday's reversal uh, wasn't too meaningful. I I think uh, generally the S and P should break through. This is where you look at the Elliott wave and the Demark. Two different cycles come together to show a high likelihood of a turn, which I, I suggest could be a new high if I look at these properly, okay? So I'm trying to give you the best information I can. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say for that. And, and look, uh, some people ask me what to do now, and I just talk about this, you know, this silver tsunami. There's all sorts of people looking for income. Look, if you buy a CD at 5%, remember the government takes 25% of it. Okay, if you're the 25% thing, if you're the 37% tax, they take 20, 37%. If you buy a dividend, the dividend grows and they only take 15%. Well, they add a little Obamacare tax. I forgot about that. But so it's 18%. You're still getting taxed at a lesser rate and you have a rising dividend. Okay. So the dividend growth portfolio would be perfect at this point. This is the type of stocks you should be buying now. Because now, staples have held up. They're a little expensive. Those are not the ones I'm suggesting now. But the dividend growth stocks that are in the cyclicals, technology area, 
Those are ones I'd be looking at, okay? Look what happened with Cisco on Friday. Down four bucks, finished the day up, closed up two bucks on Friday, okay? So the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list would be where I'd be looking right now. I also think artificial intelligence could be very, very, very positive. So look, go to WHK1420 and go down to the local podcast, down to the Smart Investor Show. Let's do a wealth plan. You'd be surprised at how it opens people's eyes, okay? How, how you know, do I, do I have a chance of retiring or do I not? All right? If I do and I do this, do I still, can I still make it? You know, if the market does this, can I still make it? Okay, so it's good stuff. Family Inventory Workbook lets your family know where it all is, where it is, where everything is, okay? I have a gentleman who had 13 brokerage firms. He was a Marine. He died just as he finished the thing. His wife loves me, <laughs> all right? Uh, I feel bad for the guy because, you know, he just finished service for our country, guys, but he, he was smart enough to get it his act together, which I think is really important. In the meantime, have a great weekend. It looks like it's beautiful. Remember, next weekend's uh, Memorial Day. Just a soldier. Hug a sailor. Up five with a Marine. Don't give them too hard a time. They're bad dudes <laughs> and girls. All right. Thank you very much. This is the Smart Investor Show. Remember to buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.